Welcome everyone to another episode of GG where we dive in and take a closer look at your favorite video games. This week, Hellblade. Okay, just to start things off here real quick, I realize we did not actually mention what Of Two Minds are, so I will hand this over to Marcus and he'll take over from here. The Of Two Minds sequence or episodes will be covering the game from two different standpoints. Uh, both me uh, and Frost have played this game, which is Hellblade, and for this week, but... Uh, There'll be other games in this style and we're going to be discussing it and maybe having differing opinions or different thoughts on parts of the game and two different scores. Um, we are not necessarily married to the Of Two Minds name, but uh, we'll it workshop was, it. <laughs> yeah, it was the, the best we came up with off the cuff. So um, and that's how we work best <laughs> anyway. So. Now, Hellblade is a game that deals with a hero, uh, Senua, which is the subtext of the game is Hellblade Senua's sacrifice. But Senua, being the main character, goes on this journey that is a fairly uh, Celtic or Norse journey, and she suffers from psychosis. And maybe it's it's the game never really is clear if she had this from before. For it, the journey, it, it or was clear. yeah, she had it from before. Okay, I wasn't sure if she had it from before, or maybe developed Come it on, along do you the even journey. Cinema? Did you not watch the movie? I, well, I I did, but <laughs> it, it was it. I just never felt it was like necessary. They they did dig a little into the childhood, but not necessarily the uh, psychosis during uh, childhood slash adolescence as much, but. I think it's because I have a more, I uh, have a really fresh. Yeah, you'll have a fresh take on this. Um, <laughs> so I'm obviously recollecting what I played of it, but the, anyway. The uh, game was originally released in August of 2017 by a British game company called Ninja Theory, and they're the ones that brought uh, Heavenly Sword. So it's like a AAA indie game. And, and that's when you played it, right? It was in 2017. I played it in 2017, but probably closer to a November uh, range. Uh, yeah. I played it towards the end of the year um the game was developed on the unreal engine and it was originally released for the playstation but the reason why i played it is because it just got released like a couple months ago on xbox and when it did that it went to xbox uh game pass so i was able to download it and play it and then i finally got my fingers into it uh this weekend and i'll clarify i did play on the playstation did that that should have been fairly clear but just to specify well, I mean, the it platform came out I did on two play different on. platforms at two different times yes. so and how long did you do you think you took to complete this uh it probably took me between eight to ten hours i don't really count my hours when i play games um especially since a lot of the time throughout the game i have to put the controller down to go do something yeah um, and I, I think that's fair i just wanted to kind of rough guess on completion uh maybe our listeners are uh budgeting their time and yeah. maybe want to dive in something a little more bite-sized maybe they want to have a very long experience yeah. so i mean the game for its price because if you buy it if you don't have game pass you can still buy this game Game and it's $30 and for the length of the game versus how nice the game looks versus the gameplay and its price uh, it's it's all very much worth $30 but again you can get it for game pass game passes just a dollar to start off with and then from there it's $10 a month 
So it's it, it doesn't sound interesting if it's a short game for you, but for its price, it's not like that's a pretty good bang for your buck. I, I agree. Uh, the, the price was really good and it was kind of at that indie price. And I mean, th- this game did market itself as an indie game, which I mean, that term. Well, they marketed themselves as like a triple A indie game and they yeah. had a lot of funding. Yeah, I was like, I mean, they were a big, they're, they're still a big name in gaming and that. And fun fact for you, a lot of the funding came from mental health organizations the biggest one being um welcome trust it's a mental health organization and they dumped a lot of money into this game see and i'll be honest with you i went into this with actually i i had heard like i said i i played this a little later in the year and i was already hearing a lot of good things and i decided to play it because it was very cheap and accessible and i liked the idea of it uh tackling the mental health issue and it sounded like they obviously had a lot of mental health uh people on board for it and yeah, they advising had two, the team they had two different departments for that they had uh professors of psychology and then interestingly enough they had a, a professor of voice hearing which is which he was able to bring all the different perspectives of how one hears voices in their head they had a specific department a specific person dedicated just to that but but i went into this very wary because the history of the developers and uh, like like or hate uh ninja theory they they have kind of a checkered past and and me being such a big devil may cry fan they were the ones responsible for dmc and I know a lot of people like that game or some people say that game is fine, but being a huge DMZ fan, I was unable to let go of the history of that franchise and I felt they destroyed it, in my opinion, and I found Heavenly Sword to be fairly weak. So they, they just kind of had a checkered past, in my opinion. And now that that team, which I think solely is based upon the quality of Hellblade, that that Ninja Theory is now owned by Microsoft. It's it's one of their first party companies that they picked up recently, um, which I think is a very wise choice by Microsoft. And I'm more just glad, like, good, let Microsoft have them so they can't touch any of my other franchises and ruin them. <laughs> I, it paws off. But uh, and I'll be once again 100% honest on this that uh, I did once again I'll give a score at the end but I very much enjoyed Hellblade so not to malign them in any way I just I was not very warm on uh, either Heavenly Sword or uh, the DMC game and they they also worked on like uh, a few others here and there that I, I haven't necessarily checked out like Enslaved Odyssey to the West uh, which I hear is probably their best game but it it looked like kind of a devil may cry knockoff that didn't interest me too much Mm -hmm. um and that a lot of that being said this hellblade functions a bit like a god of war and especially the new god of war that has come out since this game but it has like the over the shoulder camera and very tight intimate combat sequences yeah but the combat sequences are not i feel a huge part of the game like they they are very minor and you you can die during them (laughs) it's very hard to 
um, lose at the game. Technically. Yeah, I, I felt it was very easy to play because it's yeah. like a lot of one-on-one -on -one type sequences or even when there is multiple enemies, they seem to almost fight you in a one-on-one -on -one type. Honestly, I think the pure intention of the combat was not to be combat challenge or be, they, but, they but, didn't but really want to, take to away increase from the, the cinematic value. Yes. And what brings me to that conclusion is there's a part midway through the game where Senoa uh, sees the gate to hell and she's kind of walking across it and as she's walking across it this music starts playing it's very old viking that that deep guttural uh humming that they do and enemies start appearing in front of you and it's not even about gameplay it's just about like, how can i make this the coolest and so i in my head i was like um, this is like as cool as 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 a scene in Lord of the Rings, and I'm Aragorn, and I'm facing down in a final battle uh, in Mordor, and I've got my sword, and so like I I wasn't focusing on trying to play the game well, I was just focusing on trying to make it look really cool. And, and th this being another thing, I always found I would well I would find interesting from a point of view that comes from a post uh, God of War four world for for this game because both. God of War 4 and uh, Hellblade deal with Norse mythology, both from like different angles for sure, but they're both highly cinematic games, once again, using the over-the-shoulder type camera and both having very intimate combat, as I mentioned. I, I do think uh, God of War focuses more on combat and making like, like combat is kind of more of a statement of that game as a whole franchise where it's yeah. less of a focus in this. And this, Well, I think again, that's because uh, God of War is really trying to be a video game <laughs> yeah whereas hellblade wasn't kind of so like a trying movie, to be a, a little bit be a video game it was thing. trying to be an, a cinematic experience but uh just to touch on some things here that are more i guess stuff we could grade when going into the final thing uh gr graphically how did you think this game was um it definitely held up uh, through the, I guess it's been two years, it's been a year now, year and a half since 2017. It felt like it was a game that just came out, honestly. And and was one of my favorite sequences, and I'm curious if it was yours, is when you're, I, I, I think it's on the way to Helheim, or maybe it's directly in Helheim. But <laughs> the whole, the whole game is on your way to Helheim. <laughs> yeah, but you're in that uh, hell world that is bloody, and there are walls of hands. Yeah. And they're reaching out to grab you. That was definitely pretty cool, but I wasn't able to enjoy that part so much because I was playing it during the day and I didn't have my headphones on and I had the kids running around because I was really trying to blow through this game because I wanted to know what happened and knowing what happened was more important than immersing myself 100% in it. So I'm that's why I'm replaying it for a second time because I want to have that experience. So I look forward to that part, but it wasn't as impactful to me the first time around because I just wasn't immersed. It's definitely, if you're going to play this game, you need to play it 100% immersed. The game suggests that you play it with your headphones and I say, yes, play it with your headphones, play it at night with all the lights off in the house. And, so <laughs> and that's about how I played it. I did play with headphones and I'm in a basement, so it's pretty dark. <laughs> I mean, it's not good for me to suggest you sit close to the TV, but like get up in there. <laughs> it, yeah, I, I think especially this game headphones, is built to be an experience. And they uh, they do show it in a little documentary that's in there that kind of covers some of the making of the game and the big broad stroke themes of the game i mean they really break it down and spell the whole thing out for you i feel and that documentary thing is great i 
100% suggest playing the game and then watching that it enhanced my experience. If you don't there, mind spoilers though, I would suggest watching it first because it gives you a better perspective of the game going into it because you probably you got confused all the way I, until the I end was, of it. I was didn't... confused because in approaching this from they they said it was like once again this triple A uh type like indie game and indie games typically are grand concepts or sometimes deal with uh stuff that isn't necessarily tangible but making it in a tangible frame so I, I didn't really realize and until watching the documentary or even like it wasn't until towards the end of the game that I was maybe coming to the conclusion that my character or coming to like I had heard my character suffered from psychosis but I thought maybe some of this stuff in the environment was made up in the character's head but not so much it's uh it's it, just to spell it out here because once again this isn't necessarily spoiler territory but you are like a hero on a hero's quest you just your character happens to have psychosis so I was of the mind of the character or the things happening to the character were maybe made up in the character's head and maybe not realistic things. Well, the, yeah. And it's it, that's not necessarily the case uh, because like... No, it is. Not fully. You you still, once again, are, are a hero on a very real quest. Sure, but you're on a quest inside your... like You're on a quest. There's like a different... There's different layers of the quest that you are. And the visual layer is that you are on a quest. You're trying to get into Helheim. But in reality, she's trying to come to terms with the fact that her uh, husband was killed. A bit. As far as I understood, her husband was killed, but the things happening are still real. Uh, or if at, at the very least, if they're not real, they're real to her. Yeah, they're real to her. And that's the whole point of psychosis. That's the yeah, that's the it, different layers. And it, yeah, it just it's like it's I said, I didn't approach it from that mindset. It's ever. her processing reality in a diluted state which is the, the whole point of being in the psychotic episode is that you're 100% diluted and she's hallucinating she's hearing voices and she's trying to see more or less I didn't approach it from a reality bending mindset oh, I, yeah. I was either like a lot a lot of games approach it from once again you're maybe inside the character's head and exploring maybe a fantastical setting that mm -hmm. is fully in their head but and and isn't necessarily grounded not, in reality whatsoever do you not remember the end of the game then oh, i do it just yeah i do <laughs> I just don't want to spoil it for anyone. I know, but I'm just I'm just curious it, why you're why you're why you're still holding on to that conclusion. Then, if you've seen if you remember the end of the game, be, it was weird at the time. <laughs> like I, I'm just saying I went into it with the wrong mindset. Is all no, like no. I didn't have the uh, it it helps watching the documentary is all I can say. Like oh, uh, yeah. it putting things into perspective. But I guess getting back to what I was hitting on initially was the in the documentary they show a lot involving the sound design for this and. They had a really cool microphone setup that has these ear attachments which i've seen for asmr type stuff but it, it helped them obviously capture the whispering in the ear which is once again better experienced with headphones that mm -hmm. it 100 feels like somebody's whispering stuff in your ear it feels like a tongue tickling your eardrum <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um the 
actress who was the first time actress too she was great in that and i felt she should have won and deserved any accolades yeah she she deserved all the accolades she got and she was actually somebody that was helping develop the game and then he was like you (laughs) well they yeah they were actually uh testing with her she was mostly just to you know do a demo or a test of the tech they had and they just liked her so much that they just kept all the footage and stuff they recorded Mm -hmm. because yeah they were she was kind of supposed to be a stand-in and then they were gonna get a different person but that didn't pit her out the way they planned yeah actress unnamed <laughs> I, I i can't remember her name uh i don't have do, my you, phone. do you have it on your notes well no, i don't have it on my notes I well that's okay unfortunately we can't uh give them uh, a name or face right give now me a second well we can give her a face because it's literally the face of the character because they used motion capture for that game as they do traditionally these days um one of the things that i thought was really funny about it too is that one of the characters that you see two of the characters that you see in the game duluth duluth and uh dillian <laughs> they didn't even bother to animate them they just videoed them and then just put them in and it looks terrible but i love it I, at the same time <laughs> i loved how they did that and it was very retro game-esque like a, a lot of old ps1 games did have like video content that was just put in that was weird fmv type stuff that was like segmented from the game so it kind of reminded me a little bit about that melina jorgens and she won uh game awards best performance and yeah it and then they also won best audio design games for impact and they were nominated for best independent game and best narrative and and i was hot on definitely a lot of those categories at that time like and i wanted it to win in a lot of those uh because this game just nails certain things so well and i I think once again acting and sound design are definitely two of the biggest highlights from this game um and and once again i'm not sure how that holds up in a 2019 culture because things have changed and standards have gotten a little better since 2017 i think it holds up i enjoy it i loved it actually yeah and but i think i loved this game for a lot of different reasons than what a normal game player would like for it going into it so i think it was impactful to me specifically because it called out to me in a lot of more personal ways so i i guess i guess i'm just sharing my uh complete biased opinion but i think it held up and i think it was you know i would vote for it again in 2019 (laughs) well and i i think uh once again it's not a side of games we see a whole lot of and dealing with mental illness it's it's one of the first that tackled it in such a like big way and once again the the top credited people at the in the opening credits and even at the credits at the end and are the uh mental health professionals that they contacted to get real very real points of view and and making this and that they they did their homework on making this thing well they also demoed the game to people who suffer from psychosis as well and got a lot of input and feedback from people uh and they had to go kind of all over the spectrum to find people who suffer because the game psychosis isn't all of these symptoms all at once when you have no. psychosis that's not what it's like you may have one or two of them and they mentioned that in the yeah docu. so this game kind of puts all of those symptoms together so that people can pick out the ones that they relate to and they, uh, so se- they, they segmented to... out a bit too like yeah. game wise you you have you will have 
uh, small sequences or chapters that will be one thing in particular. Yeah. And I think of one of the ones is, and they talk about this in the documentary, that uh, some people with psychosis will see puzzles or patterns Mm -hmm. that other people just don't see or don't connect to. And I think of this of there's this this woods place and you have to kind of move things or look at it from a perspective that lines up a like hanging wood thing to a shape that's in nature. That's not the first time something like that's been done in a video game no. either, but it did such a well it's it's one of the best examples of showing mental illness in such a simple way because you have to see the shapes and look at it from different perspectives and see those patterns and then in one of the parts in that game segment that you were talking about is the overwhelming that there's like so many shapes around that no matter where you look there's just shapes everywhere and well, it's and- you i love that this in its design because once again you're saying this overwhelmed feeling you as a player feel overwhelmed like your character feels overwhelmed and you feel overwhelmed because of yeah that. and that's why that's why playing the headphone playing with the headphones is so impactful because it literally puts it forces you into the shoes of somebody who suffers with that and i hope if you played this game before with the headphones in, you got to a point where you were fucking mad at the voices <laughs> in your head. But I hope you kept your headphones on and suffered through it because it, people who hear voices schizophrenics, they can't they can't turn it off sometimes. It tickled my ears. <laughs> no, it didn't tickle my ears. It's, sometimes it did, but most of the time it was um it was nerve wracking. Felt like somebody was ASMRing and tapping on my eardrum. <laughs> no, <laughs> tickling no. See, my eardrum. See, for me it was. It was, it was stress inducing it was nerve-wracking especially I, I that part those in the forest. as well <laughs> yeah I, I definitely experienced that as well but just sometimes those whispers they came in real hot and went from the top of my ear <laughs> to the base of my ear and in my ear like straight into my brain that, that that part in the forest though is hands down my favorite part it really is like you, you mentioned your favorite part being finally getting into hell but my favorite part is the forest forest where you're trying to fight um the the god of illusion which is what vel vel revin vel revin yeah, yeah i was like i know it's it's been a while for me unfortunately but uh conjuring <laughs> some of these things back up <laughs> and that i just it there's so many yeah <laughs> yeah the i and uh, Probably the forest segment is top two. I mean, it, it may be my second favorite. The When you're in that uh, bloody place, it just, it looked like the perfect depiction of hell. Yeah. And stress inducing. I got lost there, which is probably <laughs> why, because everything started to look kind of the same. See, I got lost in the forest for that reason. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I felt I was walking in circles in this, this blood-filled place forever. Did and you start walking creepy. in circles so much where the voices kept taunting you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and yeah, I just, I thought that part visually, which is, once again, I, I think some of the other moments are stronger, uh, not necessarily as visual components, but as, I think auditorily and the way voices will taunt you or say things. And the once again, the stress inducing thing. And I wasn't necessarily stressed when I was in this bloody place. I just found it a absolute marvel of design. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not, uh, it, it's not a depiction you see done well with all these like arms and faces like melted in a way yeah i liked the dis the 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 disproportions of them too is that sometimes you'd be 
you'd be climbing and then you'd realize it like you're climbing on a giant's face. So they definitely um, paid attention to the different sizes of things that might be in hell because it's not just humans. There's different, there's, you know, there's the Jotuns, the, the giants and the fire giants, the ice giants, normal people. So they'd be, obviously there'd be different sized corpses in this place. All right. And I think we've talked a little bit about uh, everything we liked of this game. Was there anything you didn't like in particular? I didn't like the runes because they kind of got in my way. Um, But I think that's probably because I've studied a fair amount of North mythology. I don't I don't know it by heart by any means. Um, But a lot of it are stories that I know and heard. And I just I didn't want to find the runes. And I found a certain point. I actually just kept blowing past them. And I felt guilty about it. (laughs) Being as uh, like completionist as I am, I did find it necessary to get all these and i was very like sometimes irritated looking for them as much as a lot of them are just out in the open like you'll find almost all of them just looking and you'll know when you missed them based on the they have a little order they follow so you'll know where or about where in a set that you miss something but yeah some of these made me a little furious looking around for them and especially some of the ones in the forest area because that place is very samey intentionally So, yeah, I, I and I, I don't mark that uh, personally as a negative in any way because that is a little extra and not you, you can still 100 percent enjoy the game or complete it without getting those. Yeah, I still I still thought it was a negative for me because the game leads you to believe that the runes are important and they are to a certain extent. But then afterwards, I think after it, the, the point where they start become useless is after hell Hella knocks you off of the bridge and you have to put together Odin's sword. Um, And at that point, the runes are kind of like they're talking about the origins of the sword being gifted to Sigmund from uh, Odin, but they don't really have very much to do with the story. And they kind of like they veer off of the story and they become a little bit irrelevant and that's kind of what frustrated me about them i found them a little bit as enhancers uh Mm -hmm. myself but it once again if you know if you have a deep knowledge or uh, like once again i know norse mythology is kind of the up-and-coming like big thing like it's the, it's the uh, next no i think mythology. it's just the big boy that's been around for a little bit since you know thor's come out yeah and it it's been gaining a lot of traction so so a lot of people i think do know substantial amounts of norse mythology so for someone like you it might seem extra or maybe in the way and uh, for me though i've i found a lot of those moments like adding to it or it made me a little bit more interested hmm. but I, I felt like you would know more about norse mythology than i would i i know i know a bit um <laughs> but it, it still helped uh to dive in and i i mean i just i'm just into completion type yeah. stuff once again i i don't i personally don't mark that as a negative uh even if if you see that as a little bit of a negative but uh anything else do you did and there you was, find there maybe? was another thing that the faces uh, it mentioned that senawa would see her mother's face every uh, every once in a while and i felt like they tried to touch upon that but then it just became like a lost thing because i kept it, thinking it felt fairly early on that yeah. there was a few of those uh, like, waterfall like, well, segments and stuff yeah i felt like you know you were supposed to see her face in more obscure places that might not look like a face but you know if you happen to glance at it and that's what i was expecting but then i never got that and then i was wondering why they even introduced it to I kept, begin with i kept thinking maybe i missed some of those i i don't know 
yeah but i mean i saw the rock formation the waterfall one and maybe a few others (laughs) oh see i only found i only saw the two and then i i i think it was just a plot device to introduce um senua's mother because she meets her when she's in fenris's kind of lair she's like apparently oh god i forgot all that place was good too (laughs) Uh, she's she's like trapped in fenris's sex dungeon i don't know (laughs) i was like why are you down here and not in hell i don't understand that that place was real dark and spooky that was annoying and that battle was terrible i I guess that's another thing that i didn't like about it either is that that fight in particular was probably the hardest (laughs) yeah well i mean yeah it is the hardest fight and i don't understand why it needed to be that hard considering all of the gameplay up to that point wasn't really that challenging and this is coming from somebody who is a very casual gamer and i got through this entire game to that point without dying very much i maybe died maybe four or five times but with fenris i died fenrir fenris i call him fenris so don't nobody get mad at me for that you can call him that (laughs) and i i did think that segment and in this being because the the maze portion during that um you know what i'm talking about right there's literally one part where i had to look it up online because otherwise i wouldn't have noticed that, it because it was in the dark yeah that dark maze portion i i felt that it, i i mean i banged this out in about two sittings um and i took probably about the same amount of hours as you did but it's still that that part in particular i thought kind of dragged a bit like could be because it's this weird maze yeah i felt like i had to go up and down back and forth look around and then i got really frustrated because it was just there's not a whole lot that was happening especially after you had the torch lit so you didn't really have to worry about him getting at you him being fenris yeah and i (laughs) but uh negatives for me or drawbacks was the the combat actually um because it's strangely like once again it's it's this intimacy of combat and then it felt kind of unpolished or clunky in a way it, it just it just felt like overly simplified to a point that i didn't feel like i could be super creative with how i moved and once again i know combat's not a super focus of this game by any means to an extent it's almost like why put it in there at all then mm, i can understand that i perhaps they could have uh back from yeah, it. I just I just feel and out had of more the... combo moves. I think if they had her execute different styles and different uh hits, even if you're pressing the same buttons, then it would have been better. Yeah, uh, I just it, it it's fairly lackluster and not uh I really you, enjoyed you watching have... her fight though. I thought it was very fluid um and appealing. You just have like two, three moves though. I know. But yeah. I liked it because her character, the way they designed her and the way they showed her executing these moves, she's very passionate about fighting. And it was very, it it's very nice real. watching her fight. And especially how she would like grunt and scream. And I would always try to, again, it's just a different perspective. You're used to playing a video game. I'm used to critiquing a movie. Well, so- and <laughs> I'm mostly coming at this from a, as a collective whole when we look at the visuals being some of the top-notch visuals of that year, and e- even today, those are some great visuals. And then we look at the sound design, design just being so, so top-notch that 
I have to look at the combat and see it as the weak point of the whole package. Yeah. That it, it just kind of feels a bit flat. And I understand that. I look at it from a different perspective. I, I, I'm thinking of it like it's a sentence enhancer <laughs> instead of just yeah. <laughs> instead of it just being um, a walking simulator again. At least they kind of tossed in something different, even if it isn't I, I like as that, advanced a, as other games are. That's a good way to look at it, actually, is a walking simulator, but with uh, some a combat sequences. Yeah, the, sen- <laughs> the sentence enhancer thing. I, I actually kind of enjoy the way that's put. But yeah, just uh, like I said, I, I guess if I, I'm just observing uh, some shortcomings, I would have to Yeah, I think if it myself. didn't have the combat in it, it would have felt a little bit emptier and a little bit more boring. Yeah, so it, it kind of kept you from being bored and wanting to part from the game. Well, and, and this also boils down to some of the later sequences in the game or during boss fights that there are interesting cinematic things that they do where like a enemy is pinning you down or something or you get kind of in this uh second chance like low stamina type mode yeah and the game makes it really hard for you to actually die yeah (laughs) and and i i never encountered this but i know when the game first came out there was a if you died so many times it would completely yeah it still has that you would have to start the whole game over you i just never encountered that the they said obviously the darkness kind of crawls up you yeah and then you must have not died very much then no but (laughs) i i just was curious because i i've i heard so many mixed things because some people were like oh i died like 20 30 times or just continually died just to see if it would wipe my save um or like consume me but it seemed like maybe that's a barred by progression or something but i mean clearly you probably didn't run into it either i i'm just always curious i just never tested that fully i i don't know if it was because i wasn't paying attention but i feel like the two the the, the two experiences i have playing this game so far the first experience the uh, the rot didn't crawl up my arm when I died for the first half of the game but then yep. it started crawling up my arm on the second half but the second time playing this game oh yeah that rot is cr- has crawling up my arm because I've died I think it's just because I'm 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 my wrist hurts and I'm tired of the bumper button <laughs> I don't know how it was with the PlayStation but blocking is the bumper button and that hurts my wrist so much that I've just kind of been shit at uh, combat the second time through I mean, it's I've- almost like you know you do good at the first time and then all of a sudden and you just suck no matter how hard you try. I'm very hard on my hands, so <laughs> abusing them in a lot of different games and stuff, they're probably used to it. But so I, I never ran into any issues like that. But, but yeah, like this the, the, for this first half of the game on my second playthrough, like the rot is at halfway up my arm, and I'm like, oh well, fuck, I might actually, I might actually get to that point where it wipes my sa- my wipes my save. See, and, the, and this actually leads me to my second negative uh, on, on the game, which is there are some sequences that. Do do rely a little on what I call like cheap death or you you have segments where you just die instantly like <laughs> yeah yeah there's a few of those that I never like that and some some in particular I know there's one where you're like running from a guy and it's a little confusing and you just die instantly if like 
they catch you. So I, I didn't like, and it's not necessarily that sequence I don't like because I thought it worked in the game. It's just, I don't like games that are reliant on that. And once again, with this rot thing, or maybe the fear of wiping your save. And I remember some uh, talk around this before the game came out fully that uh, people did say they were dying during these segments, it, like multiple times to see if it would wipe their save. And it seemed like this is one of the moments that maybe it bars the rot from growing on you fully, uh, which is good to have that safety net, but it a little bit defeats the purpose. I think the rot doesn't grow if you're in a boss fight either. Yeah, it just, like I said, I, I'm never a fan of cheap death or instant death mechanics in... This entire game, honestly, I didn't know what to expect, and I didn't, I just, my brain was completely off, and I just kind of let what happened would happen. Yeah, and I, like I said, I, these are not uh, major complaints, but it's more to inform uh, my score I, I will have at the end, that I did, I did definitely have moments where I felt a little unhappy or frustrated with <laughs> the, like I said, in the instant death, it just is, and then having to repeat those segments is just never a good feeling. Being like, great, I have to run from this guy again because I got lost in like a maze type thing or like a burning stuff situation where I had to work out an alternate path around stuff. And like I said, I, I, I never like that in games, so it does become a drawback. And then once again, the combat being a bit weak and this being once again part of the whole package. Mm -hmm. And uh, just for our listeners, I did actually because I'm a weirdo I, I personally scored this uh, back in at, at the end of 2017 so I'm actually just pulling my score from my notes of when I actually gave this a score at that time mm -hmm. so this is not a score I'm giving today remembering back this is a score that I gave it at the time I played it which was in 2017. Uh, okay so let's talk about the big the big meat and potatoes of the, the intention and the purpose of this game I'm curious because there's two different perspectives this is where we definitely are different i i was confused going in <laughs> well i was confused going in too because <laughs> i i i hadn't no knowledge about the game, no knowledge about the company that it came from. And I just kind of played it because I thought the art, the cover art looked pretty. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, fuck, this is um quite, quite, <laughs> this kind of hits a personal, it hits me in a personal way. Um, But anyway, so you don't have mental illness you don't you're not medicated not that we know of <laughs> i mean to say you don't have a psychotic illness you don't have bipolar yeah I, i'm not uh diagnosed so I, i'm not saying <laughs> i have mental illness i'm just saying i haven't uh gone to a medical professional to have that investigated whatsoever well do you ever feel like you had like any of that any of the game like was something that you have experienced uh some days you know <laughs> uh but not not anything I've personally experienced, but I have many friends and uh, friends or people family wise that have suffered from not necessarily psychosis, but just mental illness in general mm -hmm. have been medicated for various things or have talked uh, quite heavily about uh, their mental illnesses. Uh, so I, I'm at least definitely familiar or have been close to or intimate with mental illness. I've had uh, many a relationship with people who suffered from quite severe mental illness so playing this game the intention of this game was to put you in the shoes of somebody who suffers from these side effects on a daily basis with or without medical help uh, did you feel like that part of the game was impactful to you at all oh yeah i like like i said i've 
been in cases or around surrounded by people with mental illness so I, I actually liked that it kind of put me maybe in their shoes a bit and not once again not directly because um so, like i don't know necessarily people with uh psychosis per se but i've known people with schizophrenia I've known people with bipolar. I've known people with uh, BPD. Um, so so many colorful individuals. Uh, and like I said, it, it kind of, a lot of that stuff goes hand in hand or some of them have cross symptoms wise. So it's, it's nice for me to, I guess, peer into their head and maybe understand them a bit more uh, because I, I don't, once again, I, I don't fully, uh, you, you almost can't unless you're playing this game that really immerses you in that because it, it's impossible to think like another human or peer in their head. Sure. Yeah. And I don't, I don't get that this game was trying to make you think like another human, but rather just allow Sympathize. you to see through their eyes and kind of be like, wow, I understand how having um, colorful, visual, contrasting anxiety attack can be really obnoxious. <laughs> so you walked away having more of an understanding and like i said it made me sympathize a lot more and during the game i was immersed enough to feel like it made me feel like i was senua so i felt like i had the mental illness a really? bit playing it because oh. because you have the whispering in your ears because they're making you see things that somebody with psychosis would see and maybe the way they see it uh so i it got me very immersed uh, and that's something games can do that i feel no other media can yeah and um, i think that this this experiment was executed very well and it it went out and achieved i'm curious to know if everybody has the same opinion as you do um i have another opinion to bring up i actually played this game for my grandma and had her watch it because i really wanted her to understand me and how um some of these side effects can affect me because i have playing the game i have a couple of those side effects um i'm bipolar and being bipolar you you don't necessarily hear voices or see things but when you're in a related state of mania or perhaps um, having anxiety that's when you can see things out of the corner of your eye hear things um, it's different for me obviously anyway I played this game wanting for my grandma to be able to understand that a little bit more about me and she walked away thinking that well I should be thankful because I'm not that crazy so she <laughs> thought that this was like uh, this was like an extreme version of and it is in a way yeah she... it's <laughs> as we mentioned before it, it is kind of compounding and putting all the elements into one character but i mean to say that she was processing it as that ha that modern people with these illnesses today schizophrenia bipolar bpd uh just psychosis in general which can be by itself uh psychosis can also come tag along to bipolar and schizophrenia which it's most notably famous for being a side effect of schizophrenics. Anyway, she she walked away thinking like, oh, well, if you're crazy, then that's what you look like. Like you're, you're going to be rolling around on the ground screaming yeah, like that's, Senua. <laughs> that's how you're experiencing life. Which Once again, it's kind of more of a, a caricature or a, an extremified version of that. But well, you... I don't even think it's that because that's just what it is. But you don't have to be rolling around on the ground screaming screaming like i can i can I, have... I approach it from a uh cartoonist or animator perspective that you when you're making a cartoon or something you need elaborate or large movements to really capture what something might look like or be like
like. Yeah. Uh, so that that's just been my standpoint on this. And once again, I don't, uh, I can't, uh, I can't speak to it as fully as you can. So yeah. no, no. What I'm trying to say is some of the examples are what they are. Like it actually, that actually is the best example that I can come up is with is for me specifically if I'm having a specific um, anxiety attack, colors will start to get super vibrant and contrast will be really really sharp and it'll almost be overwhelming. Um, I call call them sensory anxiety attacks uh and when that happens to Senawa, she's approaching the tree and she thinks she sees Dillian and she's kind of remembering when she met Dillian the first time do you remember that part yeah that's literally what it's like <laughs> It, so it can be that's exactly what it could be like but you don't have to be like writhing around in pain or people should feel sorry for you and that's what i'm trying to say is that my grandma walked away thinking that she was feeling sorry for people who have that and obviously people who have that must be locked away somewhere when in actuality you can be a totally normal functioning human being and still have things like that yeah and that's that's something once again i i appreciate that this tackled such a uh controversial topic or just one that doesn't get enough light shed on it yeah. in the manner they did because once again they they did go to uh mental health professionals to and even a lot of people with these uh with psychosis or that had these things to get information and build it the best way possible and tested mm -hmm. the game on them to make sure it was spot on yeah and that that's just that's the reason why i'm gonna come and say the the score that I'm going to give it is because I have a really good solid piece of evidence whenever somebody tries to tell me that bipolar isn't as bad as I think it is or it's it's all in your head or whatever um I I have something finally that I'd be like no this is literally what it's like you, you can you can take a peek into my eyes parts of this game is kind of like what it's like to be me sometimes yeah I I mean that's like I said, I, I it made me sympathize or understand uh, people that I'm surrounded with. And I mean, you as a person, I'm around a bit uh, and maybe get some introspective on the way life might be or maybe more so how life is sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would really like to engage our audience at this point because this is something I'm passionate about. I understand mental illness a little bit better having been diagnosed bipolar and I've been living with it for a while and having to um study different illnesses and side effects and stuff that come with it uh are there any parts of senua's sacrifice that you experience mine the best the best examples was the color contrasts the fat the, the 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 flashes and the blinkings um the whole forest basically with the stuff hanging in your eyesight and the eyes blinking around and then like the storm that was happening like the fuzzy stuff that's all what it's like i'm just wondering if there's other stuff out there for other people that senua definitely helped them with um the reason why i asked that is because i read a really heart touching article about somebody who played this game and the mother ended up writing the company thanking them for making the game because the boy completed the game and the game made him realize that what he had was what other people had and he asked for help and apparently he had been contemplating suicide but the game changed his mind and he decided to ask for help instead of kill himself so see i like i always love stories like that and i love uh games helping people in that way um so just uh real quick to wrap this up 
what what would you give this as a score? Uh, for personal reasons, I would give it a five. It's cinematically beautiful. Well, a, the story, something. A five give, out of five. A five out of five. No, just okay. a five. Well, because we're <laughs> okay. We we were normally doing ten. So oh, I'm sorry. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I this is my first GG. Okay, that well, that's fine. I just wanted to make sure everybody's There's on the same page. There's my one excuse. <laughs> Yeah, so what was your so uh, Frost gives it a ten out of ten. Um, I actually give this a eight out of ten. Still That's very bad. yeah, it's still very high. Obviously, I there was a lot to like about this. Uh, just once again, those I I had a few drawbacks that uh, is is making me give it a less than perfect score. But and once again, that's more boils down to mechanical things that I was uh, maybe took me out of my immersion in the <laughs> the whole thing. And and that's really once again, I, I I feel this is a game you get so immersed in that any break in that immersion can be a little detrimental to the. whole whole thing so that was such a good ass game <laughs> so all right that uh wraps it up for this episode uh expect more of these in the future uh maybe uh we are definitely going to work on getting more reviews out and uh probably get a better format nailed down uh I, I like to keep it a bit organic, but we'll definitely get a more standardized format of things we cover signing off peace and that's a wrap for our review of of Hellblade. So don't forget to follow us on all of our social media. We are Lit Gaming Arena on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So be sure to follow us on all of those and interact with us. We have a Discord, which you can find at chat.litgamingarena.com. And also go to our website, litgamingarena.com, where we post everything. You can find links to everything I just mentioned, as well as listen to other episodes of the podcast. If, of course, you're not already subscribed to the podcast on whatever app you use. So be sure to check us out. We drop the main podcast every single Sunday. And these reviews come out either every Wednesday or Friday or both. That depends on how much we have to put out. So we will see you back here on Sunday. We don't have another review going up this week. So come back Sunday on our main feed and listen to the podcast. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week.